Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Our conversation in this episode uh, is around the area and experience of play, uh, play in our marriage. Uh, What does play look like? Uh, What do we mean by play? Uh, What does play provide? I think for, for many of us, when we're in seasons of difficulty or struggling, Often, unfortunately, uh, play is uh, something that maybe takes a back seat or becomes less important uh, in a marriage. Yeah. I think when we're dating, it's all about play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about, doesn't even matter what we're doing. Let's just do something today, you know. <laughs> and over the years, we add, you know, all the complexities of life and family and, and just our logistics and busy days and then and then pretty soon we can't even remember what that feels like to play. Mm-hmm. And play is it's such an essential part, though, of, of our relationship, of our marriage. You know, for, for many of us, uh, if we were to describe uh, what, what brings us joy or what brings us pleasure in our relationship, it would be the experiences of play. Uh, and, and play is such an essential part also of, of cultivating friendship, which... You know, for for most content couples that would describe their marriage uh, or describe it experiencing contentment in their in their marriage, it would be something along the lines of because of the friendship they have. Well, how do we cultivate friendship? We often cultivate friendship through play, through experiences of play. You know, play is uh, it's defined simply as an activity or an experience that brings us pleasure. That's how we tend to define play, and and play is innate. And, that, and that's what's so intriguing and fascinating. And it's not outcome-based. No, it's right? not outcome-based. No, not I mean, it doesn't have to be. Right. Right, right. And, and, and play is innate. I mean, we were, we were born with an innate ability, capacity, desire to play. I mean, think about it from an infant child's perspective. What's one of the first the ways that they play? Well, they play through the game of peekaboo. I remember our grandson when he was... I don't know, he was very young, and I think we have it on video somewhere, you know, <laughs> that, that he was playing uh, peekaboo with you. You oh, had yes. a towel over his yeah. face, and uh, and he, he took the towel off, off his own face, and you said peekaboo, and there was all this excitement and laughter and enthusiasm. And, and, and he probably I, did it 15 times in a row. He did it 15 <laughs> times in a row. I mean, that, but it was what, what I was so intrigued by that again is that it was natural, it was innate. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be taught how to play meaning that we are born with this innate ability, desire to play, to engage. So it, I think it's, a, it's an essential feature uh, to, to, to be intentional about and talking about. It's a, how are we cultivating play in our marriage? It's one of the questions that we ask in the workshops, but it's also a question that I ask in clinical work with couples is, what does play look like? Uh, because again, for, for many couples, when they're in experiences of distress or disconnection, that is an area uh, that we tend to, um, it just tends to be less of a priority. Yeah. I, I think when we bring it up, sometimes it's one of those topics we get a lot of confused looks like, wait, what do you mean? Like we're not kids, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or who knows what kind of ideas we all have about when you hear the word play, we don't really see ourselves playing, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And and play has this. I mean, it has a a, a, a chemical 
response in our body when we play. It mm. stimulates the surges of dopamine, uh, which is a neurotransmitter associated with pleasure. I mean, it it provides something for our body. We we enjoy play. We were created to play. Uh, it's innate. And what our hope in this conversation with you uh, is is again going back to story that sometimes for many of us uh, there's a there's less of a priority around play uh, because in the way in which the experience of play was either dismissed or ignored or minimized in our own story some of us grew up in families where where play was such a privilege like it it we had to work and there was chores and there was schoolwork and homework and maybe farm work and yard work, whatever it might have been, that there wasn't time to play, that it was, it, it was such a luxury. So sometimes we, we've carried that into our marriage. We, right. we might see play as... Just frivolous or... Frivolous, yeah. Just a waste of time mm-hmm. or why, you know, we could be getting something done, we could be productive. Why would we be playing? Yeah, why would we play? What, that, what? So judgment kind of comes in again. Sure, sure. Yeah. So... So again, as you listen to be reflective of what was the story around play for you? What was the message around play? Uh, was it something embraced? Was it something modeled for you and your family? Uh, how did the attachment figure, or if you had two parents in the home, how did they tend to respond to the need to play or the desire to play? Uh, because that, that, that again is what we carry into our marriage relationship. One of the ways with that we also talk about play is is talking about play as a form of connection uh, and also to talk about play as a form of intimacy, actually. Intimacy defined as to make known or to make something familiar. We make ourselves known uh, within the experience of play. And that that's actually what draws us to one another sometimes is that we make ourselves known to each other through mm-hmm. play. Yeah, I think sometimes when we're, you know, feeling disconnected or, we, you know, we've had a hard couple days or um, things just aren't going that well between us. And then when one of us can just kind of come up with this kind of crazy idea, like, hey, let's just go, let's go for a hike. Let's go, let's go walk around the lake. There's some just a little bit of a relief, you mm-hmm. know, that, oh, we're, we're not trying to work something out. Okay. We're just going to go and, and just be, and just enjoy each other's company. Even if, you know, we don't feel like enjoying each other's company because we're maybe wrestling with something. There's just something about getting your body out and doing something that's enjoyable, that's light, that can have a really big impact on everything that's happening. Mm -hmm. I think also one of the the benefits around play is that it, that it provides a a sense of reassurance. Mm -hmm. I think play with one another communicates, uh, this undercurrent or this underlying message of I choose you, I want to be with you, uh, it it says you matter, it says we matter. So I think play communicates priority. It communicates, Mm -hmm. I do think it communicates a sense of being chosen, of being wanted. I think we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, you could invite me, you know, you could, you could invite me out on a date or, you know, you've asked me, you can invite me for a walk. Like we, we just something about being invited or being asked to go do something fun that just feels really just, I don't know, engaging and connecting. And so even mm-hmm. just the idea of, I want to go play with you, mm-hmm. like feels really fun. It feels really inviting. Yeah. I, I think part of 
the difficulty sometimes with play is that, uh, you know, for some of us, as we get older, there might be more demands, there might be more distractions, whether that's work, family, what, whatever it might be. And, and I think again, play just maybe just sort of slides you know, slowly down the list of priorities. And, you know, often when I'm working with a couple or sitting with a couple, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend or just imagine or playfully write a prescription and I'll write a prescription that says something like, you know, play three times a week for, for 10, 15 minutes, almost as an antibiotic uh, to the disconnection that they might be occurring. Well, part of what's difficult even about that playfulness is sometimes our resistance to play is connected to hurt that we've spent time talking about before. It's that when we feel hurt or when we're um, struggling uh, in you know, our communication or in our conflict or whatever it might be, it's that sometimes we might not want to play together because of the hurt that mm-hmm. we feel or because we, you know, some of the difficulties that we've been experiencing relationally. So it, it's, it's actually, it's what we need, yet there's sometimes a strong resistance mm-hmm. to pursuing it because of the undercurrent of hurt at times. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell, tell a couple that's <laughs> going through that? I mean, what do you recommend? Well, I think like what we just were talking about is being intentional about what play provides, but also acknowledging hurt at the, in a, in a, not the same conversation, but what is our resistance to play? I mean, that's a collaborative conversation. I think for many couples, almost like you do with the treatment, like, yeah, this is going to be good for us. So let's go do this. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I think play is that intentional. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, some couples they'll, one of them will be responsible for Monday and Wednesday, and you know the other couple, the other individual might be responsible for Thursday or Sunday. Meaning that they're intentional about cultivating experiences of play. Uh, that 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 for many couples, play looks very different. I mean, there there's I don't think it's helpful to say this is the right way to play or the wrong way to play. It's how, how did you play in the beginning of your of your relationship? What were ways that you were able to connect and play? I think for for some of us, we have different styles of play, and that's okay. I think that's where, you know, how we're created differently. Is I that, mean, that can be hard, though. Sure. You know, if, if somebody has, if they have two different ways of playing, and maybe they don't even enjoy, you know, maybe one's more competitive, and they want to do, you know, competitive sports or mm-hmm. play tennis or something, and the other just kind of wants to, you know, hang out and watch movies or something like that. So I think at the beginning, it can be a little bit difficult to try to make our way through what does it mean to play where how can we define this mm-hmm. what, what are ways that we enjoy playing uh and and that changes over time mm-hmm. for many couples it can change over the years and that's okay uh but when we are careful or when we're cautious in pursuing play with one another i think that's where some of the disconnect occurs just naturally over time it it's a, I wouldn't say it's often a one-to-one correlation, but it, it feels like that or seems like that is that when we are struggling in our marriage at times, often one of the, the factors or experiences that is missing is play. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't mean just, hey, go play. It means, okay, what keeps us from playing? What keeps us from being intentional about play? Mm-hmm. What might play look like for, the, for us this week? Uh, what might it look like for us this month? And it can be simple moments of play. And 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 I think where it can get maybe a bit confusing or even overwhelming is playfulness is also a form of play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that when we are playful with one another, 
uh, that is that is a form of play as well. And and I think what's so beautiful about play also is that play reveals something about our spouse to us. The Greek philosopher Plato he he said I think he said something like um, we can learn more from a person in an hour of play than a lifetime of conversation. And when I first heard that, I I could not believe that to be true. And the more you mean we don't have to reflect, talk everything out? We could just <laughs> like go we could play. Just play. And and yet it's so true. It's that that so much is revealed, so much is shared, mm-hmm. uh, so much about our spouse uh, is offered in that experience of play. We 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 create a different level of understanding, a different level, a different experience of different experience of of being uh, made known mm-hmm. to one another. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it also get you out of a stuck feeling. You know, like. I don't know. I, I grew up kind of like you do your work, you get everything done, and then you can play, you know. And so sometimes I think when we're stuck and we're we're working something through and we haven't figured it out, there's something in me like that just feels like, well, we have to work this out before we can reward ourselves with play. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have more of an idea of play, so you might just break through in the middle of it and go, let's just go play in the middle of it, and it feels like, wait, don't we have to work it out first? But then there's something really freeing about that, mm-hmm. you know that. Oh yeah, we can still just enjoy each other. We don't have to figure this whatever it is out. Sometimes, you know, and play can be really simple too. I think we've made it really complex in our culture that it has to be this week long vacation in Mexico. You know, <laughs> we we save <laughs> up for nice? our whole our whole you know year, and then we go on this vacation, and that's our play. And I think what we're saying more is it's those simple. You know, let's go for a walk. You know, we, we walk our driveway. We try to walk our driveway, you know, a few times a week. And it's kind of a playful time, you know, our dog's running around and we're kind of connecting and it's a very simple. And it's only, you know, what, 10 minutes yeah, or so. 10, yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. And, um, but it's just playful. We're, we're, you know, out in the, in the, maybe the sun setting or, you know, whatever the weather is at that point. Um, just kind of freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what you just referenced is, uh, the experience of what we would name or call rituals of connection, mm-hmm. and those are those are really uh, forms and experiences of play. Uh, how intentional are we uh, around moments of play? And and again, careful in assuming that needs to be complex or needs to be well planned and thought out. I mean, it, it it's just the consistency. We've talked some about the notion of consistency with regard to attachment. It's the same idea within play. It's that when we are consistent in our play, it cultivates connection. Mm-hmm. It cultivates understanding. It cultivates awareness. Uh, it it actually it actually cultivates safety. It actually cultivates trust. Mm-hmm. There's such a benefit. You know, it's like somebody saying you should eat more kale. <laughs> you know, it's the same kind of ideas that. It, there's so many benefits to it. Uh, <laughs> it's that when you, you know, when you eat kale, I don't know. Some of us like kale and some of us don't. But I, I don't know why that image came. But it's it's like that. Like there's so many benefits to it. Yeah, I think I remember when um, Steve was doing his graduate work and he was really busy with school, and we kind of had this ongoing outing that every Saturday night during that time. Of course, our kids were old enough to stay home alone, but. Um, Every Saturday night, we went to the same Thai restaurant, and it was just every week the same thing. And it was just one of those rituals that we just kind of needed during that time because it was a really busy week, but we kind of could count on it, you know, that I I might not be able to connect with you throughout the week, but I know I'm going to see you Saturday night. And and it 
and then once you do it that often, it doesn't have to be about logistics or figuring things out. We could just go and just sit and eat and enjoy it and right. and just be together. And um, so that was just one of those rituals that we, we don't do that anymore, but we did for that period of time. Different mm-hmm. times look different, I think. so. And I think what you named is, is and the reflection is, is that's a, it's a consistent moment of connection that is a form of play. Mm-hmm. And that's what we mean by ritual, that there's there's just a consistency to it whether that's a walk on the driveway or a meal out, or for some couples, it's maybe a glass of wine after the kids are in bed, or maybe it's watching a show together. I mean, every couple gets to decide or discern what play and what a ritual connection with regard to play is. Some might be more active and that's fine. Some of us might be less active and that's fine. But the, it's the, the intentionality around the ritual is what's important. Uh, and the consistency, I think of that, that when we have momentum, because play communicates, I choose you, I choose us, it, it says I want to be with you, it just has this, and I think just very powerful impact over a period of time. Uh, it, it reminds one another of, this is, I think this is what we said I do to, is that I choose you, and that you choose me. And play is a is a way to reveal that, play is a form of that. Uh, and especially through the rituals, the rituals of connection, that it it says it says to one another, "I matter, you matter, we matter," and and I would I think want to be very intentional that those those forms of play and rituals of connection those do evolve and change over time. Mm-hmm. That what we might have called play in our early twenties or thirties is very different than as we age, and 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 to be honoring of that rather mm-hmm. than I think um, maybe. I don't know if the word is judgmental of that, but somehow I think minimizing that we don't play like we used to, but that might be true. But what can play look like for us now in this stage of mm-hmm. life? And how- or we can get stuck by thinking again, like you like something different than I do. And so we're not going to do anything because we can't agree on what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think in that case, just do something. Mm-hmm. And, and then eventually you probably do, some things you like more and some things the other likes more. And it's not as much about the thing, you know, that you're doing. It's more about just taking time out of real life, you know, and just taking a little break. And um, I think an example, when, when we were, when our kids were younger, um, sometimes, you know, you would um, call me up on the way home from work and you could, you would just be like really excited and say, Hey, um, let's, let's go to, out to dinner tonight. And, um, and I was kind of less spontaneous at that point. And, and I was, um, a lot of times like, well, I don't know, I'm kind of really set on what we're doing tonight. And, and so I would be a little hesitant because I just kind of had my, my structure and my rhythm. And, um, but then over the years I started to go, gosh, why not? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, again, our kids at that point were old enough and, right. Um, and so I kind of tried, I started to lean into trying to be more playful, like, yeah, who cares if the chores aren't done? Who cares if, you know, and so I looked forward to those spontaneous times when you would call and just say, Hey, let's just go, let's just go to dinner tonight and mm-hmm. be in the middle yeah. of the week. And I mean, that I wasn't think, even a Friday night. <laughs> and and that's what play can be is it can be spontaneous and it doesn't have to be a dinner. It, it can be. Well, we like dinner. Game. That's one of yeah, our big, I, our big play but times our, but, is dinner. But I think, I think what's. Sometimes what can be um, 
what feels limiting is that it has to be a, or it feels like it needs to be you know, something on a larger scale rather than what I would just refer to or call as a smaller scale. Hey, do you want to sit and have a glass of wine? Do you want to sit and have, you know, watch a show? Do you want to just sit on the, on the back deck for a few minutes? Like there's a, there's an intentional invitation to it. Mm-hmm. it. And I think for many of us, if we were to be all be in the same room talking about play, we would say it doesn't occur simply on its own, that there's an intentionality to it, uh, that, that there's an invitation to it, uh, that we, can think of play like a like an RSVP uh, that I'm offering an invitation through the play and and when and if we choose to say no thanks, which of course at times we need to. Sometimes if that's the consistent experience of no thanks, it can send the message of again that that you don't matter, I don't matter, we don't matter, and so being mindful of the ways in which we might be somewhat intentional about receiving the invitation because when we say yes to the RSVP it, it that that also is a is a, a powerful uh what i would say connective tissue mm-hmm. with regard to play mm-hmm. yeah and i again i do think that um our own story around play has a lot more to do with it than we sometimes realize you know just kind of how what we were used to or what we felt like was okay or too much or not enough. Um, and then just to kind of communicate that to each other so that we're more aware, you know, I'm aware of what you experienced or what you are hoping for and and you're aware of how I feel about it. And then once you build that awareness, it's, it's like you can come together a little Mm -hmm. bit easier to Mm -hmm. understand how, you know, how do I like to play? How do you like to play? What's, what causes resistance and, and how, how has my story impacted that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a central feature again of of our caution sometimes of what our caution might be, what our carefulness might be, what our hesitancy might be, our ambivalence at times to play is 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 directly connected to story around play, and that that's part of what we would leave you with is to be intentional about the reflection that you might offer one another of the message regarding play in your own family story, your own family of origin. And how that might be something you carry into your marriage. And then the the second part of the invitation would be, how might you be somewhat intentional about cultivating rituals of connection with regard to play uh, that cultivate the kind of connection that you hope for and long for in your marriage? Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us at the reconnectinstitute.com.